Hello, I am Zelda Volkov, and you are listening to the Oh My God podcast. This is a space where honest conversation and raw interaction takes place. In these 25 minutes, I interview badass trailblazers and industry leaders about the things that they had to overcome to achieve success. The challenges that they faced as human beings first and as industry leaders second, leaving you with actionable techniques and takeaways to implement into your life immediately, taking you from where you are right now to where you want to go. This week's guest is Shandy Backer. Shandy is the founder and designer of super popular clothing and accessory brand Project 6 NYC. She's a writer and lifelong learner, an equestrian, and a mom of five beautiful children. We know you'll love this episode. Now, over to Zelda. Hi, how are you? Good, what's up? Good, doing well. Um, thank you for doing this um, this podcast episode with me. This is an honor to have you. Thank you, and congrats. It's amazing. <laughs> Good for you. I'm excited to to uh, have a conversation with you. You know, I know that you went through a journey. You know, a journey yeah. of discovery, and you you you've done and are doing a lot of things. And I would love to share that a little bit with our listeners for them to get inspired and, you know, to gain courage from. You really are an inspiration to me, I know for sure. So. Thank you. <laughs> um, why don't you uh, just tell us a little bit, you know, take us back a little about your story, where you come from, how you grew up. Um, okay, so a little bit about me. Um, so I grew up in Connecticut. Um, I was born in 83. Um, it was a small town, small Chabad town. Um, I have two older brothers, four younger sisters. Um, so I was kind of like the oldest sister. Um, I had a lot of responsibility put on me. Um, got married young, had five kids before 29, which is common for a lot <laughs> in the religious community. Um, after my second child, um, I really wanted to work. Um, I was always envious of those moms who just enjoyed playing with their kids and being a housewife and running a perfect house, but um, it just wasn't, it wasn't enough. Um, so when my second was two, I started um, a hair accessory company. Um, it started off in Henry Bendel and then it grew. Um, I was selling to Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus, um, Anthropology, Forever 21. Um, and it was all out of my house while I had babies crawling around. Um, I really enjoyed it and, um, it was a good, like, um, stay at home mom job, but I was still working from like nine to three. Um, and then I, when my fifth kid, um, went to school, I started a clothing company. Um, and that was always my dream to be a fashion designer since I was younger, you know, in high school drawing pictures of clothing. Um, so that was amazing, uh, huge dream of mine. Um, it was successful, fun, inspiring, creative. Um, and then just like life happened, I got, I don't know, older and it just felt like it was a big turning point for me. I had a choice to either like continue going all in or focus on my family. Um, and just a lot of different things led me to 
stop working. Um, again, I was super fortunate to be able to focus on my family and do that. Um, and then, um, yeah, so I stopped working for two years, um, recently divorced seven months. Um, and yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where I am today. <laughs> well, first of all, it's, it's quite the journey, you know, to be able to know what it is that you like to do, I think is a gift in itself. Like the fact that you knew that you were a creative, um, right. No. I mean, so that's what like, I mean, I don't even know what your listeners want to hear and what angle and what questions, but for some reason, um, instincts has been coming up to me in my life a lot. And I think growing up religious, um, I mean, there are so many beautiful things I took away from it. And I mean, it's easier when you're a little older to be able to see, you know, look back in the beauty. And that was one of my things that was really important to me because I kept on working myself and people would say, you sound angry, you sound hateful, you know, and, and I do not want to sound resentful. And I was actually, you know, so every time someone would say it, I'd be like, what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not resentful. When would um, you say, like, why don't we go back and, and, when would you say you started to question religion? You grew up religious, you had a religious home. Um, when, when, where did things start to shift for you? Right, so I mean, so I guess number one, it's like, I'm not, I don't wanna hate on, that, that's the first thing I wanna right. say. Like there's, there's beauty and positivity, there's no negativity, and if there is negativity, please call me out. I wanna work on it. Um, I think the most beautiful thing I took from it is the Shabbos, and I guess with technology more and more and more, it's just, learning to unplug and you know no electronics for 24 hours and like I wonder if my you know we wonder if our kids can even go 24 hours without a phone you know even ourselves so I think that concept is beautiful I think the family time is beautiful I don't think I would have had I mean not I don't think I would not have had five children no way because that was number one thing I resented the most about religion I what I felt trapped I felt like I made, you know, your brain isn't fully formed till you're 25 years old. So I chose to get married, who I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. I'm supposed to have a baby. You know, like I was looking for birth control in a grocery store. Like really, like right. I, I, nobody, nobody if spoke to me. you feel resentful though about this stuff? When? Like at what point? If, if that was- At what point did I what? You said that, you, that, you know, the thing that brought you the most resentment was the fact that, that you- you said that you you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't have had five kids if you weren't religious, and that right. that brought you resentment. Not not you not your children, but the lifestyle of the trap right. of feeling trapped. Yeah, yeah. And did you even feel like that you were trapped during the process of, of living that lifestyle, or later? And you look back. So, so I guess it's. I mean, I'm like jumping all around, but it's. I mean, this is the way I'm. You know, filing it in my head is that. Um, I, I went out to a restaurant, I was 30 years old and I was like talking to, I met a friend, a couple also eating and I was like, oh my God, I'm turning 30. It's over, you know? And she's like, no, 30s are the best time of your life. And I'm like, no, my twenties were, she's like, you'll know who you are. I'm like, I know who I am. I love myself and I'm just getting uglier now, you know? And now at 37, I'm like, oh yes, she is so right. Twenties, I had no idea what I'm doing. You know, so, so yes, like everything's a journey and a process, you know? So it's not like I could go back and be like, I wasn't listening to myself and my parents didn't listen to me and I didn't know who I want. You know, it was a long, long process. And I'm not saying like, this is how you should do it. It was, 
this was my process for me. So it was, you know, so maybe as I guess my, my situation was as a child, I was really stifled and talk about instincts. I didn't listen to my instincts. And then in my twenties, I was very resentful and I was just following along. And then it just slowly, slowly, like if you're constantly working on yourself and working on yourself, it evolves. You don't know what it's going to evolve into, but like, you know, it evolves. It does, you know? Um, and then in my childhood, you're saying what, what, what exact thing? Um, Not necessarily even childhood. I mean, like, you know, I, we have listeners from all walks of life, people that um, are currently very religious, people that are completely secular to people that are figuring out who it is that they are and what is causing that resentment why are they feeling resentful why they're not um you know feeling aligned with everything that they're raised to believe so there's all right. types of people listening and i've just i the, the 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 reason why i made this podcast is really to to be able to provide real raw conversations for for topics that they wouldn't necessarily hear elsewhere where people are really real about the the struggles that they faced you know and so right. I, for me when i was going through the transition of not necessarily i never knew that i was going to be not religious i never knew that i'm going to get to a place where i am not um observant i you know that that and so i think it's important to allow people to realize that it's not necessarily a journey that you are consciously on to becoming less religious it's as right. you have patience with yourself and as you evolve and develop yourself you make choices that are more aligned with your inner self. So I'm wondering, you know, with, and so the same, the same is true for you, right? Uh, that it was just a slow process and a, a journey of, of discovery where you were, you know, slowly going towards, going away from things that weren't, weren't true for you. And that's why there's no, there's no aura of negativity or resentment. It's, it's just that you you take the good that feels good for you and you leave the bad that just didn't work for you, you know? No, I mean, there definitely was resentment, but I don't want that in my life. I don't want to come across like when you hear an angry person, you're like, ooh, like next, like, I'm, you know? But I think so if I had to leave one message, and again, this has been playing massive in my life is trusting your instincts. So my son came up to me and he like asked a very personal question and I lied to him and he's like, and he's nine years old. And he's like, I know you're not telling me the truth and walked away. No big deal. So I spoke to a friend and they're like, you just taught him not to trust his instincts. Right. A nine-year-old had like a feeling he, he spoke up to his parent and then you lied to him. So you taught him, don't listen to your instincts. An adult is going to tell you better. So I went back to him and I told him, listen, adults lie. Sometimes you were right. And he just ran along, you know, he didn't even ask me about it, the uncomfortable conversation, which was cool too. Like his face lit up. So that got me thinking. And, you know, we know that like, that by the time you're two years old, you know, your parents said no to you, who knows how many times. So we've kind of like morphed into who our parents are and we stopped trusting our instincts. So I just connected that with religion. So we kind of have these feelings, but we're told, you must do, or ultra, ultra religion, you know, you must do this, you must dress like this, you must not touch this, you must drive on this day, you must eat this thing, you must not eat this and this thing, you must speak this way, you must do that. So not only are we being told, don't walk on the coffee table, don't do this, don't do this, but we're also told, wear this, ignore this, this doesn't make sense. So if I had to pinpoint 
like the first time I didn't listen to my instincts. I remember I was at a Hebrew Academy, so it was like less religious than my family's upbringing. So um, it wasn't Chabad. They served um, amazing turkey patties, <laughs> and just amazing, like, you know, fried and crumb, bread crummy and just delicious um, rubber, but it was good for me. And I wasn't allowed to eat it. So there were 200 Jewish students around me but I wasn't allowed to eat it. And I remember just thinking like, this does not make sense, you know, or like pasisro, like, you know, it had to be like cooked by a Jew, you know, like, so by birthdays, all my Jewish friends, you know, ate one cake and I wasn't allowed to eat another cake. So that's when it was just like, like I questioned it, like this doesn't make sense, but like, you know, you just, you know, you ask your parents and oh, you're special or da, 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 you know, like they give you the answer, you know, you're a princess. That's why you have to wear knee socks in a swimming pool. Or that's why you have to wear long sleeves at a pool because you're special, you know? So as a child, these instincts were like, Hey, this is weird. And especially my brain, you know, is just like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So I think we start ignoring our instincts. And especially if you grow up ultra religious, you have to start listening to that, like, gut feeling and instincts and hey wait this doesn't make sense and why am I doing this and I'm I'm a questioner like so that's that's how I that was my process so like you know question hey this I know I've been doing this for 20 years but it just doesn't make sense so like when I open the refrigerator and a light turns on like that's a real big transgression you know like so it was like but this doesn't make sense and this doesn't you know so so you know if one thing I can I can say is to trust your instincts and listen a little more. <laughs> yeah, you had your own personal um, intuitive, like uh, resistance basically. Yeah, but we ignore it. Right. We stop listening to it. And we want to be good and we don't want to disappoint. And, and that's why I was also talking to somebody today and we were, we were saying how a lot of um, the ultra orthodox or ultra religious um, problems is not about even religion it's simply dysfunction you know when we when parents um force or try to manipulate or try to control their children to have a certain outcome or to have a certain um lifestyle or for them to reflect a certain thing that they want to see out of their own fear or concern or whatever that result is simple simply you know toxicity and dysfunction it's not even you know, religion is kind of intertwined in the mix, but at the core, at the bottom, at the end of the day, when pe when children are not heard or seen or have yeah. to authentically express themselves and to question, um, then a lot of, you know, issues can come as a result. I know that, that you know, that definitely happened for me, for sure. Uh, right. So that's the big deal. Like it's heard, seen. So how do you make a child feel heard and seen? You say, wait, that's a, that's a really great idea. Or maybe you're right. Or, you know, maybe you go try that. So we're not given any of that. And that's what I was calling instincts. But it's what you're saying. Like the child has to be heard and seen and, and treated like they have good ideas too, as opposed to my way. And right. this is what our ancestors have been doing since Mitzray. You know, like I was told as a kid, like, you know, since Mitzrayim, you know, you didn't change your clothing and your name and your speech, you know, like that was just so true. It's like, we, we don't, we don't develop a relationship with our own intuition, psyche, consciousness. And then when you get older, you're somehow supposed to trust yourself. 
Trust your exactly. God. Trust, you know, your, your. So that's what I'm saying. Like now you understand my story. It was my nine-year-old and I was like, no, 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 you're wrong. And then I tied it to like a religious upbringing, you know, and I'm like, hey, this is weird. And hey, this is weird. And but why do you wear away, you know, and everything's just, I told you so Hashem said, and it works amazing for people. Right. And I wish I was my mom sometimes. Like, I'm just like, why can't I just, my life would be so easy if I was just like, this is beautiful and this is beautiful. And I love this and I love it, you know, but again, it's all a lot of nature also. Like, it's just, I came into this earth, you know, I have five kids. They were all raised the same. Like, why is one way that, you know, one kid this way, you know, another kid this way. And that's also, I guess, understanding instead of saying all you kids have to follow this, it's right. what is your nature? We are all different. Yeah. Unique purpose and a new unique soul. But if we're all trying to conform, then we're all basically neglecting our own selves, you know, and our, and then it's hard as a, ch as an adult to like navigate what's real. Yeah. Right. Cause how could you question God himself? You know, how could you question we didn't question anything. We were told how to think, period. Like right, exactly. when to eat, when not to eat, when to drive, when not to drive. What and questions are allowed? You're so right. Like I, I was actually telling this to my parents a while back also. Like I, I'm basically just cursed with the fact that I don't believe or that I don't have this blind faith that you are just so gifted. You know, exactly what you said. Right. We don't, I don't want this. <laughs> like trust, like I, again, I wish. My mother loves it. I'm like, I just, it'd be so much easier if I found beauty. I don't want this. But again, we're different humans. Right. We're all different humans. Yeah. We're journey for our own self-discovery and for our own. Yeah. Yeah. What would you, what was, what would you say is like the biggest challenge or the biggest challenge that you, you overcame or that you are currently working through that you, um, that, yeah, that you, that you could share perhaps. Um, I don't know what the, I mean, it's a good question. Um, I think the biggest thing that I would say that just popped into my head is it, you know, like, is it confusing for the kids? And even at the beginning, people would say like, I, I, we lived in Crown Heights, so we had to send to like an ultra Orthodox, not had to, I mean, um, my ex-husband wanted, it was his family sent. So it was his, he wanted that upbringing and people would ask me like that's confusing for the kids how do you raise kids with different messages that you know those type of questions and for me I think it's so beautiful for them to really really see that they can choose what they want like they, they all they know this is mommy mommy's this way and you know let I want you to have all these different tastes and you can choose so that is I think as you know I'm coming from the mom angle it's very important for me to let them know that they can choose whatever they want. And it works vice versa. Like my son wants to, wanted to wear wool tzitzis, you know, and that was his thing since he was three years old. Or like I took him horseback riding like two, three years ago and he had to keep it on or he was fencing and he had to keep it on. And I was like, come on, like Hashem, like we'll take care of you. Like it was a hundred degrees in Florida and you're wearing boots and you're on a sweating animal. I'm like, just take off the tzitzis, you know? And I was like, stop it. Like I want this, you know, a freedom of, you know, I would have loved if my parents said, you be you and we'll respect whatever you want. So I, it works both ways. I have to be like, okay, you want this. So I used to run, march into the, you know, Judaica world, you know, and be like, I need tallest cuts and wool tits, you know, and they look at me, I'm like, 
yep, I've been doing it for five years, <laughs> pass them up, you know, he's growing, you know, or we threw it in the washing machine, you know, I can't untangle that. Um, so, so I think the biggest, the biggest struggle is constantly letting them know the world is theirs. There's so many beautiful things. And, you know, you learn this in school and you see this at home and, you know, you should have a full palette before you have to make your own decisions. Yeah, I totally relate to that. I definitely, um, from all the pushback or, you know, all the opinions that I get, I definitely get that the most where people are like, oh, but you're not afraid to confuse your kids. Like they get that, you know, my, my ex-husband is very religious and hardcore, you know, the full deal. And I, um, I'm not religious. And so I actually, you know, at first, you, I allowed all those messages to like permeate me and be like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, but in truth, the bottom line is like, if you expose them to so many different options or different lifestyles, then when they do choose whatever they choose, you know that they're choosing it from their own choice, from their from a place of real connection. And it's, it's, yeah. just, it's such a gift, in, if anything, I think. Um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. What would you, um, what would be a, one or two, uh, you know, advice or tips that you learned from your journey, from your um, self-discovery. You know, if someone is on maybe just beginning their their path or dealing with a lot of confusion or resentment or fear, what you know, or anything, what could what would you leave them with? Um, I think it's a slow process. Um, I think all of us want answers and we want it to. Um, we want to be at our goal right away, or maybe we don't even know our goal, but it's like, you know, life, life feels fast and we have to have every answer, but it really is a very slow progression and things do happen in your way that lead you. And, you know, I don't want to say test, you know, I don't want to be that like cliche, like every test is a something, but like it leads you places. It does. It, it, you don't have to wake up in the morning and be like, today I'm doing this you know, to bring myself away from religion or bring myself closer. Like it's a slow, it's a slow process. Um, if again, if I had to, if I, I don't know why this just keeps on coming up. I trust your instincts. Like if you're questioning something, then question it. Um, I think I, the best thing I'm, I, I'll quote, um, I read this book, I mean, listen, I'll finish it, but, you know, meditating and journaling and reading and talking to friends, you know, there's so many different ways that work. I don't want to say you must meditate or you must do this, but I've been reading tons and that has helped me so much. So I read this book by Glenn Doyle and she gave this perfect example. Um, she's, she had teenage teenagers um, in her house and she's like, I'm a cool mom. You know how we all think like, yeah, I'm, I'm the cool mom. All the other moms are dorky. My six-year-old son wants to talk to me, you know, like I know. So she walks into the room pretending to clean, like her, there's a bunch of teenage girls and a teenage boys watching TV. So she's fixing things and then they st they're like, mom, why are you here? She's like, um, do you guys want any food? So she said the guys, not even looking up from the TV are like, yeah, thanks. And the girls, look at each other, you know, right to left, look at the girl in the center and wait for the girl to answer. And she's like, um, no, thank you. So her lesson is that, especially women, we are waiting for other people to tell us what to do or give us the answers or 
call our friends and tell us what we need to do or call our mother and say what we need to do or my mother doesn't want this and my friend thinks this or my husband thinks this. Everyone knows us better than ourselves. And if there's one thing that you know you can take away from this conversation is we need to start trusting ourselves just like those boys and even look up from the TV and they're like, yeah, I'm hungry. And the girls had to look around and ask Queen B if they're hungry, not even listening to their own stomach. You know, so, so, you know, on a much higher level about ourselves, like we need to start listening to what works. So it's not like, oh, I want to become religious. I don't want to become not religious. No, it's just listen to yourself. And if you don't know how to listen to yourself, then start with little things. Am I hungry? Am I not? Am I, you know, or then I guess the journaling, the meditation, the books, the running, whatever works for you, like find your, and I've done all. I like in the past seven months, like I ran my knees off. Um, I filled a journal. I wrote a book, like literally, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I've spoken to therapists. I've spoken to, I've done everything and, you know, just keep on searching, I guess. So if you can't listen to your instincts, don't sit down, just keep on, you know, testing, testing, testing. So I love that. I love that. And it's all so accurate, so perfect. And I love that you said searching. For, from when I was younger, more so when I when I was already um, really actively searching, but the word searching had such a negative connotation for me because everyone would always say like, "You're searching, you're just searching," like so negatively, like that I'm not satisfied, that I can't just be happy, that I can't just be grateful, and it so it to this day like. It almost brings me shame when really in reality it's the most beautiful thing human yeah searching that you're just a robot that you're just a product like like you said like waiting for everybody else to tell you what you want when you're hungry what you you know it's so true and it's such a beautiful concept jd thank you so much for <laughs> doing this i'm excited for everybody to hear it and to really gain inspiration because you know everyone what has goals has directions uh, and for the for those that don't even this is a great way to actually raise their awareness and give them clarity on what it is that they want or what it is that they're struggling with and maybe it's dormant maybe they're, they're not even aware yet so thank you for and that. you a hundred times more because you're bringing this platform and doing all you do so it's incredible really really inspiring thank good you for so you much. i'm so excited I was, i'll okay. talk to you soon okay bye <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Oh My God with Zelda Volkov. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure to leave a review, share it with your friends, and subscribe so that you don't miss next week's episode. Tune in next week for another interview with another badass boss.